0: Hello, my woke folk. After all that damn promo, we are here today with the National Black Agenda. So important for us to get those young people involved. Let's talk about it. (laughs) All right, let's go to our last point, uh, which is voting. Let's talk about, so it, black men, we got the right to vote in 1870 with the 15th Amendment. But subsequently after that, during Reconstruction, they, in, they in, instituted black codes, vagrancy laws, uh, Jim Crow laws, uh, things that end up uh, thwarting our effort to vote. So hence we have a structural system that has, um, I think, embedded uh, systemic racism in how we operate. right? And I think that's a part of where our system is now. So I believe our vote is our voice. Now, not just saying it as a phrase, I think that has to be something that's embodied <laughs> in how you operate and, and act uh, based upon that understanding that your vote is your voice. So I want to throw out a couple questions before we get to voting. Um, do you feel our vote counts?
1: I do locally, like when, when we're voting for our, our, our local people in our cities and uh, and state level. I, I feel like it definitely it counts, but when it comes to the national, I don't, I don't. It's that's going straight to the ele- electoral college.
0: Okay, so Leah, does your vote count? Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't
2: know. I don't think. I don't know if I have a yes or no answer to that. I think it just depends. Or. Mm-hmm.
0: Because it speaks to mindset, right? If you don't believe Um, your voice counts, you you probably won't be likely to vote. What the hell am I voting for? It don't matter anyway. Do do we believe that? I'm going to let you answer the question first. Does your voice count? Your your vote count? (laughs) Kwame Teray on this one. Okay. Um, And
3: kind of what he said he said that black people should use um, voting as like an organizing tool. Um, to kind of get the issues out there, not necessarily because you believe in the system, but because you can kind of rally all the black people together and say, "Hey, this is what's going on." Yeah. yeah. Um, so I wish we kind of used it as that capacity versus mm-hmm. having true faith in the system that's mm-hmm. never had faith in us. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I can't personally say that I, I agree, but I've also seen how it does matter. When in a small town, when I ran for city council, where it was a, a separation of like eighty votes. Right. So like, had I had a, you know eighty additional right. votes, I would not be here right now. You right. Know? So right. It, it does matter, but it
0: doesn't. Right. You know? Okay. Indigo, does your vote count?
4: You know, like Celia, I'm not really sure. Like, okay. I, I'd love to think that it does, but I'm often like, I feel like I do it because I feel like, you know, what if I am that one person? Like, uh, God, I can't. Right. I think I would
0: have took her over the limit if I would have went and voted yeah, well, uh, I can't like, remember oh, that was me I didn't vote for you right? I can't remember his first name
4: but um, I think his last name is Fetterman he's running for yeah Senate John against, Fetterman yeah, yeah he's running for Senate against uh, Dr. Oz which is yeah, I
0: know. <laughs> crazy <laughs> but I think he won
4: his mayoral race by one vote
0: he did yeah wow. he and did. so like wow. I think
4: in that way it's like
0: talk to me it
4: really your vote your vote really can be mm-hmm. counted it can mm-hmm. be a value mm-hmm. but I don't think that's always the case okay and I think As Chris was saying, on a national level, it's much more diluted and it's much less impactful. Um, If we even look at how the twenty sixteen election turned out and how like the electoral college was like, this is really (laughs) we're gonna do something over here. Um, (laughs) um, But definitely on a local level, like I feel like on on a local level, um, it's really pertinent that you do vote just because you know they're you're, you're one of the local mm-hmm. people there are only yeah. so many of right. you right, right, there's right. no electoral college <laughs> right, for the local, right, so yeah, right, it's right. important that you right. make your voice heard right. because Definitely. you are the person you'll be most affected by those local things but right. there's often a lot of local elections that people are just like don't put a lot of energy Boom, in. Boom, and too. I wanted
0: to get to that because you guys all mentioned local local, right, right? in my head. Go, about to so, not, right? Yeah,
3: Compton and Andre Spicer. Come on. <laughs> Come on, talk I to me. Mean, Come I, on. I, I, yeah, I met Dre a few times. Talk time. about they it. They literally tried to railroad my guy. He, talk about it. Um, So Andre Spicer is a young councilman. Now he got, he's a seated councilman in Compton. Um, mm-hmm. But originally, I think it was earlier this year, mm-hmm. he lost the election by one vote. And come to find out that, it I mean, the way the vote vote came out, there was like a recount, and then they found these three absentee ballots that magically were all on the same ticket. Mm. Um, Come to find out, one of the council people actually had paid four people, but he had messed up because he stopped paying one of them, and she was like, bet, I'm going to tell everything. She dropped it all on him, and it was those four illegal votes that made Andre the actual winner, and he got seated immediately. So he's the current councilman in Compton, Uh, and that's what happened with him. Wow. Yeah.
0: That the, go ahead. Go oh, ahead. I was
4: just gonna say that makes me think of the um challenges against a lot of the ballots in Georgia, yeah.
0: This, I think, yeah.
4: 64,000, yeah. Um, gonna
0: get to that too. That, yeah. you, you <laughs> got, got, I, I love you guys are aware, right? Because right? 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 I'm trying to sneak these things, they be like, No, you're blowing a, it up, I did up already, a
4: research, <laughs> but, um. Yeah, a lot of those ballots were, like, those challenges were yeah. obviously, like, very unnecessary and not at all legitimate. Um, but when they went through what all of those those different vari- variables and what they were challenged for was, like, there was a typo in and, and its alignment right. with, like, the paper versus what was in the right, system. Right. And all of those things made it so that, like, what did Trump lose by, like seventy 70,000-something 70, votes? Right, oh, in like,
0: Georgia, lost by 11,780. Right, right, okay. Not, okay, not, okay. I do not know that number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like, in Georgia, there's 11,000 that he lost by, but then yeah.
4: there's 65,000 that they're challenging, and right. that can make a real impact yeah. in how things turn out in, like, national races. And so if you, like, have those challenges or you're paying people off, like, your your vote does matter, apparently. Like, people are trying to move And your I'm glad you guys around. say that, so...
0: I, I might have asked the wrong crowd because you guys seem very astute, right? Do we do? Does the black race have an apathy toward just a feeling toward voting?
3: Is it apathy? Are they apathetic towards voting? Yeah. I I think so. I think a lot of I mean, definitely people oh, that let I saw me, let me compound it.
0: that and why. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Just being black in America. Okay. I mean, just walking outside of your house every day and being like, "Damn, I'm still fucked up."
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> so does it make you feel, and or, or is it the turnout in the elections the people that you voted don't pass, or you that you get you vote for the people to get in, and you don't see anything change? I think that's probably one of them that, too. that
1: you one. Yeah, you vote, you vote for somebody who has who you think has your back, and yeah. then once they get in, it, it's no longer an issue. Yeah. You're, all their you're no are longer dropping. their okay. uh, issue
3: because I thought Biden said he's gonna get rid of all black people's debt. He said he ran, he ran on, he said you're gonna get, lose all your debt every if you black vote for me, and then when it comes out, it's like, oh, actually, everyone gets twenty thousand dollars actually only 10 but you know
0: like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 we'll talk about that too uh us putting the pressure on the president and, you know and not really congress right? And not really understanding how our legislative body is kind of divided up, right? And I think that educational piece is really important for as we vote, right? So we understand, not to preach the choir, I'm sure you guys already know this, but there's three branches in our government. We have judicial, the legislative, and we have the executive (laughs) branch. Um, So we know that the executive branch is only the president, right? He can sign executive orders, but his responsibility is not to pass policy and law. It's really your Congress, your House of Representatives, and your Senate, right? You have 435 Um, House representatives, and you got a hundred senators. The senators actually sign the law into place, so people can pop all they want. If they can't get it past Congress, it's never going to be law. We have the House of Representatives passing laws that can't get past the Senate. Right, Because the Senate is the final piece. The Senate passes a law that the House of Representatives won't get. And if it's divided and you have the House of Representatives that is Democratic and you have your Senate that's Republican, no matter what the president says, it's hard to get policy through. So, you know, we Joe Biden, Joe Biden, take me out to dinner, Joe Biden. You know, that, it can't be only the president. Right. It's got to be our understanding in voting how where on the locale ever uh, efforts. It matters how the policy is rolled out. Our mayors, our councilmen, our attorney generals and our governor. Right. Those bodies in the state. This is why there's separation of state and the federal piece of it. They roll out the laws. The federal government can say, OK, do this. But the states now have to enact it. You can sue them right, for not following the federal law, but it's this whole course of going through, nothing's being enacted. So our thought process, this is why I'm saying the national black agenda has to be, we have to be strategic. Not only do we want to vote the president, we need to be looking at, and what I'm going to talk about later on, like Stacey Abrams, governor. Why is a governorship important in every state? Because any laws we have, anything that happens to the state is rolled out by the governor. He has a choice. This is why we're on Ron DeSantis shit, right? All these governors that have that statewide policy to enact federal laws. So I think they tell us, look over there, point at the president when they, hey, the real effort and activity is is taking place around on the local level. If we rallied around our, our national, local things, we can control the federal level. We could be able to be able to direct the attention and the traffic toward what we need. So my national black agenda, and the reason why I'm ending with the voting piece of it, is to strategically have us think about and talk about other mechanisms in order to interact policy that actually affects change, as opposed to saying, you know, you know, he made promises, he ran on that, with the supposition that he would have a Senate and a House of Representative that were also going to help him pass policy. He can push, he can negotiate, he can talk to, but unless Congress... Writes those laws and passes them, he can't sign anything into law. We as a people need to understand how our government works, and that way we'll affect change better. When he was running, he went to South Carolina to Representative Claiborne, right? And that gave him that push over. That's power. He would have never run the Democratic nomination if he hadn't won South Carolina, which was predominantly African American people. He had to win that vote. To me, my national black agenda was like, oh, you you need our vote? Well, well we're going to need this, and we're going to need this, and we're going to need this. So a few of the things he did come up. We have our first black African-American VP ever. We have our first black woman on the Supreme Court, Ketanji Brown-Jackson, Kamala Harris. There's a first fuse Biden has done to us. He gave $40 million for HBCUs, right? The, the Anti-Lynch Act, right? The Li- with an
3: M or a B?
0: HB. No,
3: 40, no, billion in, 40 million or a million.
0: 40 million. Okay. Yeah. For, I'm sorry. 40, <laughs> yeah, no, 40 million. 40 million. Yeah. 40 million. Like you know, there's like
3: 104 of them. I, I know. Okay.
0: It's, that's not a lot. All right. that, 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 <laughs> it's, I'm just No, sure. it's not a lot, I'm but, but I'm saying. It's not, no, it's not a lot, but your okay. point is right. But we've also had a lot of millionaire black people that haven't donated shit to our schools either. Right, our HBACU, especially um, which one of those that had the rats and the thing in the, in the room? I know you guys saw it on TV. Howard. like, what, Was it? Which one was it? I
4: think it was Howard. It was
0: Howard. Yes. How come we aren't taking care of our own? Of course the government should subsidize some of that piece of it, but like, our, our, we aren't coalesced around the educational piece, the reform remember the reparation piece. We've got a hundred and, how many say it? 100 104. 104. Our efforts should be like, why we aren't nationally gearing our people, talking about it, supporting those things, if that's how we educate and move the needle. Because there's no national black agenda. Go ahead.
4: I feel like we do. I mean, like, PWIs aren't necessarily as, I mean, you know, people, more white people have more wealth, so they have, more chances to okay. donate that wealth to okay. PWI. so that's yeah, like yeah. a great caveat but yeah. <laughs> otherwise <laughs> otherwise um like that's a lot to put on black people like to to sustain private upper education not asking to sustain mm-hmm.
0: do our part We got more black millionaires and billionaires here. We pay for all kind of other shit that doesn't move the... the But did they go to
3: HBCUs? I know. Yeah, that's
0: what what you got to think about. But I
1: I think, too, that
3: what you haven't really talked about or said is that, like... The, the civil rights movement was wonderful because, yeah, we we get to stop being killed. We have equal rights. We can vote. But mm-hmm. to me, there's a negative side there. Mm-hmm. The negative is that these formerly all-black communities now get this chance to integrate, integrate, integrate. integrate. Okay. and to move into different neighborhoods. Mm. And when you do that, you take your doctors, your attorneys, your whatever out of your communities and then you look around like, damn, why is it all bad over here? And Nobody it's like, because now they good. don't want to be there and mm-hmm. they're, they're allowed legally mm-hmm. to, to go into other mm-hmm. areas. And mm-hmm. we got to talk about that part, too. Like, some black folks don't want to be around black people. A lot of... And, like how, and how does that play a role in kind of like mm. our sustainability mm. in our long term? And think about in the 60s when they got the chance to either stay with black people or go away. Mm. A lot of them moved.
0: Yeah, we have no secession planning, right? We, meaning secession planning in terms of that if we have these thought leaders, these people there that we're not raising the next generation to keep this kind of idea, this ideology of how to you know help us grow out of our political, social, and economic issues. We continue to reinvent the same wheel. Like every year we have to add. Now, who, if you had to point to one great African American leader, mentor right now, who would you say it is in our country? Woman or man? That you feel it's championing it's our causes, all. moving us forward? It's not, it's not all.
3: Think about all the ones they shot and killed, so now they're oh, doing okay, no, still, like, okay, still alive. They yeah. shot no, no, no. They, they shot them all. They, they killed so many in the 60s, <laughs> we don't have any more. Do we have any <laughs> like, <laughs> you can think <laughs> <I> of
0: <laughs> or point to, right? Hmm. So LeBron without a collective James. message, what uh, we're say LeBron
3: James.
0: Okay, right, an athlete. Yeah. So my point is, <laughs> there's no one championing this cause on a more fundamental level. They're advocates. Do We have strong advocates in multiple areas that have money, right? That can influence in some way. But no one that says, you know what? I've become a millionaire, I'm quitting everything I'm doing, and I'm creating this national black agenda. I'm gonna to go to these states where African-Americans are. I'm gonna make sure their local locales are straight. Nobody's championing that. Nobody's even looking at that. But we should if we wanna move the needle, move the needle some. We can complain all we want, but we need to have that manifested into some sort of cohesive action. We got, should I talk about Black Lives Matter and the $90 million, do we, do we need to bring that up? Do we do we need to talk about that, y'all? Is mum the word? It's just okay. It, it it to me, it sullies our ability to make a point, right? To me, if it was guided, if they had some umbrella organization that said, okay, locally, Black Lives Matter seemed to be a great protesting arm of our movement, and it could be Fine, but it's structured under way that you can't go and misuse funds and monies and have the thought process. You have good PR. You have people that can speak to the accounts. I watched both of the interviews with the owners of the of Black Lives Matter or the start the founders of the end. Just in the dialogue, some of the kind of naivety around creating a business and supporting that. I would watch them and be like, God, you're a crook.
3: I think too, though, like we gotta think about the fact that like they started it without a leader, without a figurehead, mm-hmm. because of history and what's happened to Black organizations throughout history. I got you. you. Have one person at the forefront. Hell, even the three sisters that started it have been like I, taken I, down. I know. I mean, like <laughs> if if uh, Patrice colors uh, colors yeah. mows her her lawn and and she spends actually fifty dollars, they're gonna report on that. Yeah, shit. because
0: Kansas <laughs> Owen is all over her. I, but, I mean, yeah. but, but what I'm saying is, like,
3: like <laughs> the, the formation of BLM in the way that it was yeah. was directly related to history and mm. how they treated Black organizations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, they could have done more structure, but had they had more structure, would it have been villainized in the same way the Black Panthers were or in so many other organizations? It might have, them?
0: but I feel like we're sharper now. We're more technologically advanced. We have more money now, so we should be collectively in a different space in the 21st century. Like We should now be in a position that we can structure the things Have I think we don't have cohesiveness that allows us to get the minds that are really great in, in a room to make a long-term approach. Some of us, to your point, have... I don't want to say sold out, but if completely, I'm just tired of this shit. Let me just have ease in my mind. I'm just not associated with black people. I'm not going to deal with them, right? So I believe in some way that the younger generation is going to be the means to make the change. But that unguided, uh, you know, Un, you know, un, untapped potential that's not trained. You're going to end up independently doing your own thing, and we're going to have another couple centuries or you know, decades to go by with no cohesive message, and in the same situation that we are. Um. So anyway, I'm, I'm just soapboxing right now, but uh. So <laughs> back to the back to the the voting rights. So the 15th Amendment, you know, to the United States Constitution prohibits the federal government and each state from denying or bridging a citizen's right to vote on, on account of color, race. Previous condition of servitude. It was ratified in 1870, and um, it really gave extended the right to black men to vote. Uh, the media effects of the 15 minutes were dramatic. Throughout the South, thousands of African Americans registered to vote. The majority in many areas, they gained substantial political power, and soon thereafter began serving as local, state, and federal representatives. This really was a time, in, you know, where we had. A, we were beginning to move out of this kind of servitude, uh, you know, interaction with our country into a more integrated part being individual citizens. But as we talked about during the course of the podcast, those presidents allowed the rolling back of that. Uh, of those of those laws and and hence plunged African Americans for another 100 years back into this kind of servitude uh, mentality in, in our country. I think the Voting Rights Act of 1964, 1965, signed into law by Lyndon Bain Johnson after Kennedy was assassinated, was kind of a reviving of our opportunity to change um, our integration with the society in terms of our voting our structure. But what I feel from there, we had really great monumental movements in the 60s and 70s, right? We, we know we had great uh, proliferation of black organizations uh, that arose out of that. But what I, I do feel in the 80s, When crack came in the 90s that really was a detriment to our communities Um, and then not having successive leaders to come out of the leaders that were assassinated we kind of plunged into our individuality the advent of technology we have social media I feel the new age now is born with an iPhone in their hand that social media is everything for the new generation and that is a source I believe can be a source of great help when disseminating information but it's also a tremendous source of misinformation and I feel I call it fast food knowledge because I feel like you know you get it from social media you believe that it's true and you run with it right but I feel like clogs the mental artery right it doesn't allow you to think freely and you take that source of information and run with it as truth, and don't pull the layer back a couple layers so history historically I feel is vitally important for us to teach each other Right To talk, have these kind of dialogues where we sit down and, 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 and dialogue about things that may not be about entertainment. It may not be about the fun stuff, right? But it's something <laughs> that will move the needle in the direction yeah, that yeah. we have. Yeah. This is why I created the podcast, Stay Woke, right? It was not only to have awareness, but to also have resolution, right? To talk about like exact means. So I'm pushing this black agenda, and there's four parts to it, right? Uh, one is black politics. Um, the next segment will be colorism i'm going to talk about education and i'm going to finish off with financial literacy um to this whole podcast piece so um guys i you know i i think our, our vote in a sense is you know i said it before is our voice but i think just saying that without educating ourselves moving down the line is detrimental to us as a people um because i think you know if we don't believe that that person we're voting in is going to make a change, and we don't believe that we hold them accountable. I feel like we're just as much at fault in a sense, right? Because it's, if something we want, it's our responsibility, but let's not just dole it off to the person and then, hey, you didn't do it for us, right? Let's hold them accountable. Let's vote in our local, our local thing. Let's understand what that looks like. I didn't bring the book today, but I wanted to bring you the voting book, which <laughs> it's about this thick. And who would read that before the election? Like, I don't think they make the means to vote easy, right? It's such a complicated, inundated, you know, full of documents that you're trying to figure out eighty propositions, forty people on the thing. Do we ever take time to sit down and go through each page, who we're going to vote for? That collective movement, if it's not done or not propagated or not promoted, probably doesn't happen. So you're just voting on advertisements from TV. <laughs> I'm, I'm asking. Right? Or, you saw, or on the wall. Go ahead. Like on the wall, yeah, where, where, on the streets, on the yeah. billboards, whoever screams the loudest. And you know what? They found that out. So they push money into these advertisements because they know, they count on you. Not reading through your, um, your ballot not reading the, in the individual propositions, not reading the candidates in. So We're fast food knowledge people. Give it to me quick, give it to me fast, and don't let me you know think about it too much, right? That's mental slavery. That's exactly what mental slavery is. And if we are not taking the opportunity and chance to go through our information or find a collective way to do so, maybe it's our responsibility to create programs. Hey, you know, Saturdays, right before every election, you can go to this, I don't know, this, this, place here, a society place where you can go and they go over all the candidates or you get a zoom call it's like you take the time you guys have voted in every election right the ones that past come up the past few have you voted in the past few elections whether they were primaries or voted. How, how did you pick, i can't say i have okay how did you pick your candidate
3: um, through dialogue, through conversation with some of my people, um, or, you know, I have a little bit of a political connection in LA, so I just, I might know somebody who's actually on the ballot. Okay. You may not win, but I'm voting right, you right. anyway.
0: <laughs> Indigo. How do you choose your candidates?
4: Oh, I, I'm like a real research person.
3: Okay.
0: So
4: I, I... I uh, appreciate the websites where like they have all of the candidates uh-huh. listed, they have all of their policy or where they stand on each type of policy. And then I like make a little a little like diagram and like write it down and then see generally what are the biggest things for me that are the most important. Okay, and you're then, an
0: anomaly. Okay, fine.
4: I mean, no. yeah, I mean, i am a policy a are a like, nuance, I right. literally can't vote uh, for whatever that's and just true, be like that's true, okay, right here, it'll yeah. have like I <laughs> I feel like so I think it to
0: give my whole nature to yeah, do that. Yeah, right? like okay.
4: it, voting is the right and a privilege and i it it feels weird to say that because it should just be like yeah everyone should be able to do it right but because i have the privilege of doing it i feel like and i have the resources to be you know to be as well versed in everything that's going on as i can be okay there's no excuse for me not to okay and i also would like to know what's going on (laughs) because i don't i don't um i find the local elections to be very overwhelming especially Mm -hmm. like propositions and they like mm-hmm. I literally there's so much going on right. and <laughs> and so for, how do you
0: filter through that I mean you probably side major give us some tips how do I filter yeah that? I mean because that booklet was this I it's mean it's really thick it's right a lot. Um, <laughs> unless you one of the people that read I, I would want not to say I would want it to be dumbed down for me like, I mean
4: the dumbed down idea is really nice give
0: me pros and cons
4: pros and cons but whose pros and cons are they you know like yeah. they're not yours right. um I don't know. I feel like if you research, even just going through the booklet and being like, okay, maybe you don't vote for everything. Yeah. Maybe you look at the list of things and see what their title is and you're like, this seems like something that I care about. Go and find what the little mm. description is. Okay. Maybe search up a candidate's name, see what their history is okay. about. Maybe, yeah, yeah, like <laughs> maybe. maybe there's some controversy you don't that? know about. Well, looking you know, the a little fucking candidate up once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know, like
0: you search, know what he looks like, he like that?
4: <laughs> Yeah, search him up. Maybe read an article or yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. Listen to a twenty-minute podcast yeah. episode. Okay, I feel like there's a lot of ways to not get lost in the overwhelming, like the static of. It's like these type of primaries sure. and uh, middle, middle of presidential candidacy, like elections in general. Yeah. But if there's something that, at least you have the way you have a way to look at everything that's going on, find out what's important to you. Okay. Learn about it. Okay. And vote accordingly. Okay. But I I think it's you know like you don't you, you don't have to vote for everything. And if you're gonna vote for everything and do it uninformed, then you.
0: Come On that there's
4: really no point, <laughs> like you don't have to do that. Um, so I feel like, at least for me, like I like that. to be very educated about okay. it. One, but two, I think everyone should be making an educated decision when you're voting about Agreed. policy that will affect your life for the next two to four years. You to guys ten hear that, woke years. folk
0: out there? I just want to let you know, yeah, be informed. <laughs> so, Leah, how do you choose your candidate?
4: Um,
0: or, or proposition, well, yeah.
2: I'm like new to this, I feel like I've I'm trying to remember how many times I've had to go through that, but I do remember. The first time I did, I did not do my research. So I had a friend that kind of does what you do. She Mm -hmm. just, you know, looks everybody up, okay, does her thing. And I, me and her were close. I was like, okay, like I trust her judgment. (laughs) So I'm gonna choose who she chose. Okay. And that's probably not like I probably shouldn't have done that. But but I mean, I don't know. I I was like realistically, like, I don't think Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I don't think I'm going to sit down and research these people, like, to be so honest, <laughs> I don't really, I, right, I, right? I, I mean, need to it's be like, truthful, I, right? I, that, I wouldn't, yeah. I, wouldn't um, I would never want to vote and just, like, I don't know, just freehanded. it, like, you're right. not supposed to do, you, I feel like, like you said, if you're not going to do the research, you probably should vote, if it's But people, you know? this
0: affects policy, yeah. we complain afterwards when they don't roll out the things we need, but we don't educate ourselves prior to the vote, talk to Man, me. No, you're right, right. right. Chris, right? how do you choose your candidate? I'm not going to lie to you. I just choose <laughs> whoever's black. Okay. <laughs> and if there's no black candidates on the list, then how do you choose that? But you don't vote. No, I probably won't. Now, what if that's an area that's going to affect you directly, but you don't have your color representation? You've missed that opportunity.
1: I, I just don't believe certain candidates. I think both of them are just bad. Okay. You voted for the,
3: Jackie Lacey over Gascon? she black though <laughs> ah. let, let me shut up shots fired shots fired not. unnecessary <laughs> roughness personal file
1: <laughs> answer No, I didn't Radio okay right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, But good thought. So I I think I'm I'm just asking not to put you specifically on point, but just so for the audience to see, you know, there's a wide range of how we approach these. And I think that if really like we are very clear on what we don't like, what we want to have, how we move, then we should be very clear on then how we choose, how we approach that, how we research it, how we get the information that we need. That, That to me becomes the vital important piece. Yes or no?
4: Yeah, Definitely. I th- I think, actually, Celia, the way that you go about voting is actually really strategic. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I yeah. sometimes am like...
0: You do the work.
4: I, yeah, like, I, 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 love, the- I love the <laughs> idea of, like, the fast food, give it to me quick and straight, and then I can figure it out. Okay. But, like, not to belittle the way that you do things, but mm-hmm. just, like, I feel like if you're going to do it... Then go with someone you trust, go Mm -hmm. with someone whose intuitions you know, Mm -hmm. who values you know, like all of those things, because at least you're educated about it. Like, you know what you're voting on, even if you haven't looked at every single detail. Like, I trust you. Yeah, 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 And it wasn't like, it wasn't necessarily a planned thing. Like, I wasn't
2: like, okay, like I know exactly what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna do what my friend does. It was more like (laughs) in in the moment, the time came, the book's in front of me, and I'm like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. And my friend was like, oh, I actually did this and this and this. And I was like,
1: it sounds good. I did that with it my brother. We're good. we're, we're yeah. cool. Like, right. I trust you. <laughs> yeah. We
2: we agree right. on a lo- most things. So I'm like, all right, like, no, what'd you be... get for <laughs> number one? Like, and you that's know, research. like, I'm like, you know, right. Right. final yeah. means, right? Yeah.
0: Whatever that looks like. I'm just advocating that, you know, if you're, if we've already made the point that our, our vote counts and our voice matters. So uh, we also know that there's inherent systemic racism, that there's plots and plans in place to distract us from voting for what we need. Let's be creative in finding a way. Let's be creative and support other other people. This uh you know if we need to find another person, you're a researcher, then go ahead and research it and I'm going to use your research to make an informed decision. Right. Yeah. Fine. I'm down yeah. for that research. Right? Someone, Fine. someone does it. <laughs> yeah, right? Right. And you might start getting charged after that, but you know, they were like, hey, uh, you always come to me doing the elections. I'm gonna need a bag of the, uh, <laughs> I for It's for just that. some I mean people that's are, why, that's right? why are yeah. experts oh, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Processing <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I, I want to talk about something historic um, toward the end of our, 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 our journey, our beautiful dialogue. And I want to appreciate you guys. For, um, we have this year in November a, a tremendous opportunity. We have um, 15 different um, black candidates across the country that are running for either the Senate or the governor position. Um, At least that I have the list. I think you guys have the list of them. Um, What I noticed, um, so if you look at your list, uh, you know, there are three Republicans on here on the list I have. um, And they're, I I believe, I believe there, there aren't support nationally for local positions like um, Alabama, uh, Arkansas, I would say, uh, what's the other yeah, Alabama, Arkansas, maybe Iowa, and I don't know that Mississippi or Maryland. I I don't really see nationally like any support, and these are Democratic representatives. Some of them are, not some of the Republicans. I don't really see nationally support for the rural areas, right? And for me, these are candidates we've not had in the history. There have only been in the history three Black senators. I'm sorry, 11, 11 Black senators total in the entire history in the hundred or so years of having or more. Only eleven, right? Currently, we only have three black senators. One is a Republican and two are Democrats. And we have 58 representatives in the House of Representatives that are black out of 435. Right. So when we have people on the ballot, on the agenda that are running for these key positions, you know, there are only 100 senators. So every Senate roll counts. You get two senators per state. Right. So in the southern states, they've had representation from these senators that have been there for decades. And the majority of the populations are black. And those people haven't represented any of their interests. So when they go to Congress and vote, they're never gonna happen in those states. My national black agenda then would take these rural areas that have representation or have people that are running for office, the newer generation, the Gen Z's, and they're looking to go in and run for office, which we didn't have before. This is where we need that funding. Your position, when you were running, why didn't this, I don't know if the state rallied around you or the nation rallied around you as your position, probably not at all, right? town no right right <laughs> but and how do they know even if your state had a coalition say they were part of a bigger coalition to say okay now we're looking at all the counties in california we know we have these three black representatives running in these three councilman positions which make policy for that that area highly clearly important but where's your support you might not financially had that stake in doing so Right. Where's your national attention to these positions? Because there's no focal point there. They focus on the positions that matter to them to run policy. But anything else doesn't. And you may be under the Democratic umbrella, but you're not getting Democratic dollars to support areas to in order to move the needle. Some those high profile areas, like you mentioned, John Fetterman out of Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. um, Gret- um, Gretchen Whitmore out of um Uh, Michigan. Um, You got Mandela Barnes, was a brother out of Wisconsin, running for the seat against Ron Johnson. Um, You got Sherry Beasley in South Carolina. You know, these are also black figures you never hear any of those names on. But the national position, like those other ones, you hear those, right? But the Democratic Party has all these candidates that are African-American, 15 running across the country that are not getting that same kind of support. Right. And I think if we depend on the government to decide to support us, we're always gonna be waiting. Right. So I think if we don't take the extra added step that now we have multimillionaires, we got a couple of billionaires in, in, our, in our crew to create this cohesive black national agenda that targets the geographic areas where our people are and are suffering, we're never gonna move the needle. We're gonna continue to have this these creating these. Organizations like Color of Change, Black Lives Matter, NAACP that's been around forever, that still hasn't intricately moved the systemic needle. Right? There's the systemic plan across the board. So I I'm I brought this to the attention. We talked about reparations, we talked about voting, we talked about reconstruction, but the two latter pieces, reparation and, and this voting piece. Now, that neo-reconstruction area, these are the two kind of points I really want to kind of walk away with today as starting points for us to move our national needle in terms of closing this social, political, and economic gap of African-Americans and the rest of the nation. Um, so, yeah, that's voting. Any other thoughts around voting? Besides uh, my I full-on complaint about the lack of support. <laughs> yeah, so, Chris um i wanna i wanna just kind of wrap our final kind of um you know talk today with some closing thoughts right we discussed reconstruction right the effect that that had on the the inter the i don't want to call it a nuclear unit but <laughs> but, the, but the the unit of the family right we um we we discussed uh in reparations you know what our responsibility is toward helping with what some of our our downfalls some of the things that we can help support in um what that looked like for us. Um, Then and now, we discussed neo-reconstruction reparations, like is it just monetarily or is it educational? right? Is it, is it uh, ownership, uh, property and land to move the needle? And then we finished off with voting, right? Um, whether we are apathetic, you know, whether we need to, you know, help each other, support each other during these times of our vote and these primaries and these midterm elections coming up, you know, what that collective needle looks like, doing our research, doing our homework, or the finding someone to do the research and homework for you, right? And then <laughs> being best besties with that person to move, you know, move on. But again, Um, I'm really hoping for us to be more informed and less influenced. Right? To be informed to make an educated choice on your own, in your on your own area about how you integrate with that piece. So I wanted to thank each of you today for coming. You guys have been amazing, great sources of good dialogue. Just to chop it up with me, I really appreciate it. So I'm gonna go around um, and I'm gonna start with you, Chris. Let's get some last words. What's your overall feeling? And I also wanna ask the question clearly, what are you gonna walk away from here with today and what are you gonna do differently?
1: Well, I'm definitely going to do better at uh, researching candidates when I, when I vote <laughs> in propositions so next time I don't get beat up about it. <laughs> but I mean, I, overall, I just think we just, we, just need to, we just need to heal as black, as black people. Like, we got we to do better. We got to want to do better. And we got to expect better from, from, from each other. And I think that's just like the basis of, of how we're going to do better. I mean, you, you gotta, you, we got to understand that there is a problem and you know, recognize it, and you know, don't be content with just being down, down there. We have to want to elevate ourselves as as a people.
0: Thank you, Chris. Salia, so, thoughts? What are you going to walk away with from today, and what are you going to do different?
2: Um, similar to what you said, research. Um, I think <laughs> it's definitely like a priori- priority thing for me. Like I know it's really important to be educated on all of this, but I just <clears throat> never. I've never been a type of person to just put that first. Like I feel like I mm. have other stuff I, I think about before <laughs> that, you know. And I'm not okay with that. I need. I want to like. I want to balance it because it's important. It's really important. Everything. Everything we talk about today mm. is like super important. And I feel okay. like more. Most people are not educated as they should be, especially as Black people. Like okay. you need to know all this. But um, yeah. I'll walk away today. Um, being a researcher, maybe I'll be the <laughs> friend. maybe I'll be the friend that does the research. maybe My friends will want you know, we'll like, to know. Right, come to right? you next time. Right, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll see. But
0: yep, awesome. Thank you so much, mm-hmm. Brooke. Talk to me. What did you learn today, and what are you going to walk away with?
3: Uh, learn today, or was, do different.
0: What are you going to walk away? What are you going to do different
3: uh-huh. now? Um, I think learn today was just um, the powerful voices that are in the room. Um, the youth political movement, the Black youth political movement, is, is doing pretty good. Okay. the future is looking bright. Um, and as somebody who was definitely kind of anti politics for a while, especially okay. after my experience running for city council, <laughs> okay. um, this m- kind of makes me want to jump back in a little mm-hmm. bit more. Um, I think w- what I'm going to do differently.
0: I hear run for office again. You got here. my vote. You got, got ooh, my, my vote. I got my vote. Right? Right? <laughs> I, mean,
3: I, I mean, I might manage a campaign be <laughs> on the
0: forefront. Okay, ooh, ooh, is that uh, that heat, that speech. heat. I can write
3: a good speech for you. But I don't okay. know. Uh, but I think what I'm going to do differently, honestly, is nothing. Um, I think that as an educator um, and as a community activist as somebody who's been involved in politics, I think just continuing to do what I've been doing is what needs to happen. Um, And hopefully I can inspire other people to, you know, do things that I've done.
0: I think you should have this dialogue, too, in school more that you should get this thing together and start having this dialogue. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Indigo, talk to me. (laughs) What did you learn today and what are you going to do different?
4: Um I think I learned how varied our perspectives are. Like I often I think the black vote and just black politi- political ideology is like very monolithic in okay. conversation. Okay. But it's really nice to have a conversation where there's like openness about where we stand and like I think your perspective about African-Americanness and just the connection with our roots and that collective Africanism globally I think is a really it it helps me just broaden my perspective okay. about like what it means to be who i am and like uh, my awesome. personal identity. So that's a great thing to walk away with. Um what i would do differently? I I don't I think i would just like to be more aware about like nationally what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um and then like black politics. As you were saying, it's unfortunate that it's a it's its own sec- section but um it's, it's something that i should be definitely more aware about. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah. And then i'll just Keep, keep, going keep,
0: on, keep, on, keep going to class. Keep going to class. <laughs> keep doing what you're doing. But I also want you guys to encourage other people, right? right? This is the message, really, that you take back, right? And I bring you on to, to the podcast is for definitely to, you know, to pull your knowledge together, to have great dialogue. But it's for you to walk away being advocates for this, right? Understanding what that looks like and being able to share it with another person. Like, you know, teach one, each one. Right. Every Mm -hmm. person you find you really, you know, that you can share and have that dialogue with and really encourage them to, you know, take control of their own life. Like, let's not just live like to survive. Let's live to thrive. Yes. Let's find a way to help all of us collectively. Uh, I'm gonna leave you with this last thought. I I, I do believe that this is my personal opinion, that there is no way for us as a people to move the needle unless we. Multinationally, multiracially, multiculturally integrate or get the support from people here. Uh, I think there's there's just no way to do it. I think to do that, we have to remove stereotypes and, and, and stigmas that are attached to how we define ourselves. Um, just, just my opinion in terms of culture, color, and race. I think integrated into that um, is a is an aspect. That forces separation. Um, for me, I think the idea of naming ourselves a color instead of our culture is a, is a huge thing, and I think it's device of tactic um, that's used to keep these things segregated and to move that needle. I think a renaming of that, a reclassification of that, is required to do so. So, um, yeah, this National Black Agenda for me is not only for Black people. It's a way for us first pass to find mechanisms within our own community to really strengthen and unite. But then after that, there has to be a collective and a concerted effort to unite multiculturally across the board in order to strategically move the needle. We just don't have the numbers. There are 330 million Americans in America, and there's only 45 million African-Americans. So let's do the math and let's be clear what that looks like. We're going to need allies. We're going to need advocates. We're going to need individuals. And if our rhetoric and our dialogue is divisive in doing so, I think it's less likely that we'll bring people aboard. Now, speak your truth. And it's uncomfortable sometimes. I, we call that term cognitive dissonance. Have you heard, heard that term? Mm-hmm. It's this that I've learned something for so long. I've believed it. I've practiced it so long. And when I hear the truth that's different from what I've digested for so long, I can't take it. I, I can't process that truth. It's hard for me to get that. That's cognitive dissonance. I, I can't move, I can't digest that truth because it, it erases everything that I spent my entire life building upon, right? That That's a difficulty a lot of us suffers from, not only us, but I think even, even white America. That's why they don't want to hear about slavery, right? It's hard to digest because many of them probably aren't racist, right? They probably aren't discriminatory. They probably aren't that way. But generationally, Their ancestors are. They were built in that. Their wealth comes from that. It's not a hard pill to swallow and accept in some sense. Not make excuses for them, but that's kind of where they are. So our plan, I believe, this agenda, needs to have key leaders in our organization nationwide that have money, that have the place, that have to, to get our leaders together collectively and then start to map out what that agenda looks like. Geographically specific, meaning that when people in Louisiana are having, you know, hurricanes and, more than, and the levee breaks five times every year, let's find a way to help them out nationally and not let it be predicated solely upon the actual state itself. So I wanna thank you guys so much. I say let's give all of us a round of <laughs> applause. <laughs> round of <laughs> applause. And in closing, I want to always say to you again: uh, be informed, not influenced. Thank you, my woke folk. Thank you, everyone, for joining myself. And that's it. Let's go. Hello, my woke folk. Was that a great discussion? Reconstruction, neo-reconstruction, discussing that with our future youth—amazing. Please stay tuned for our next podcast coming up. It'll be dope. Don't go. Subscribe. Like. Comment, follow, holla.